The Aggies lose 41 to 24 to Florida on Saturday and Monday. They lose a huge decommitment on the recruiting trail. We're going to talk about it here on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Joey Ice. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So please go check us out there if you're listening on the audio side. And if you are on YouTube, scroll down and give us a like button, leave a comment on the video as we get going. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we know that it happens. We see it happen in college football all the time. And it has started to happen to AM as Monday. About 48 hours after he watched Texas A&M give up 290 yards rushing, which means that two weeks in a row or over the course of two weeks, he watched the Texas A&M defense give up 700 yards rushing in two games. Five-star linebacker Anthony Hill from Denton decided or announced he was decommitting from Texas A&M. And if you've listened to our show for a while, for the last five or six months, you remember the excitement level here and in other outlets when Anthony Hill committed to A&M for 2023. The 2023 recruiting class has been interesting for A&M. It's been sort of fits and starts, and they've never really been able to build the kind of consistent momentum that you want to see for a school that's hoping to put together a top five or top 10 type recruiting class. We knew it was going to be a smaller class than the one in 2022 that broke all kinds of records in terms of highest ranked recruits and all that kind of stuff. Um, But they were never really able to build momentum through the summer. It really started early when Eli Holstein decided he was going to decommit Johnny Bowen's decommitted, you know, all those sorts of things. And then the weekend of the pool party, right before the recruiting pool party, the last weekend in July, Anthony Hill announced he was committing to A&M. And that really felt like the, the, the linchpin to this 2023 recruiting class for A&M, that he was going to be the guy who was going to be able to attract other top-level uh, 2023 defenders and that being a part of that class to go with the class the year before was going to be the opportunity for AM to build something really special. Now, here we are, three and a half, four months later, and Anthony Hill has announced he's decommitting. And it's hard to blame Anthony Hill for this decision, A, because he's an individual and he gets to make his own decisions about what's best for him and his future and his family and all those sorts of things. 
But if you just take back and take an objective look at this A&M program right now, there's not a whole lot to be excited about if you're a recruit to come to A&M. We were hopeful that Connor Wigman's play last week against Ole Miss would be enough to kind of push some momentum down the road for this team and allow them to continue to build some steam over the last month of the season into signing day, into early signing day, get some guys on the field early, get some guys on campus early, and roll into 2023 with a couple of really good recruiting classes back-to-back and a really solid talent base for the next few years. But then the flu hits Bright Athletic Complex, and six more Aggies have to miss the game against Florida, and that's really probably the biggest story of the game is that Connor Wigman had to miss the Florida game. We'll break that down in the second and third segments. But this story about Anthony Hill is so important. We have to address it off the top of the show, even on a Monday when we've got a game to review, because the 2022 season has now been lost for the last couple of weeks in terms of any sort of contention. Now they're scrambling to try to get bowl eligibility over the course of the last three weeks. They're going into a game against an Auburn program that's in a similar position as they are, but they happen to have already fired their head coach because they didn't have an 80-something million dollar buyout to have to pay to do it. And they were in year two with that head coach instead of year five with a guy. It's supposed to be better than this in year five. If you keep a college football coach for five years, you're supposed to have success in five year four, five, and six. Eight and four last year, big-time recruiting class. And here we sit, three and six just scratching and clawing to try to get the bowl eligibility so you can get 14 or 15 extra practices to play in the you know the monster.com bowl or something like that. And now, as is the cycle with these things for college football, poor performances on the field, and I wrote about this at aggieswire.usatoday.com whenever I mentioned the Anthony Hill decommitment there. Poor performance on the field leads to players deciding they don't want to be a part of your program. They don't want to be a part of a group that performs poorly. Whether that is players who are already in your program deciding, you know what, I'd rather be somewhere else. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Or it's players deciding, you know what, I may have committed to this school but I see, the, I see the product on the field and I don't really necessarily want to be a part of that product on the field. Or I see the product on the field and I was considering committing to that school, but I don't want to go play and be a part of that. And so they wind up choosing other places. And this Anthony Hill decommitment feels like the first domino and what is likely to be a rough stretch between now and signing day and Really, there's only one way to sort of salvage this situation, and that's go win these last three games and find a way to beat a really good LSU team in the last week of the season, make bowl eligibility, and be able to sell that future and that hope of the future and all that stuff to recruits over the next few weeks. Um, but right now, it does not look good for AM on the recruiting front going forward. We're going to talk about this game against Florida, but first... I'm really excited to tell you guys about LinkedIn. 
These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've mentioned to you guys a bunch of times before, I've felt I've been a part of a hiring process with LinkedIn several times as a candidate. It's a wonderful process. They make it very straightforward and easy. You go as the hirer, as the, the hiring manager, the job poster, you go to LinkedIn, you put your job, you post your job for free. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's extremely important to focus on finishing the year strong so you can roll into next year with momentum and the right team member. Adding the right person now might just be what you need to do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We have got to talk about this game against Florida. And unfortunately, it's not a fun conversation. The first half of the game was awesome to watch Haynes King filling in for Connor Wigman go up and down the field. They scored 24 points in the first half. Hey, are we going to break the 28-point threshold that we set against Ole Miss last week? Are we going to be able to do that this week against Florida, go back-to-back weeks with really productive offense? They held a 24-20 to lead going into the half, and they couldn't carry it through the second half. The offense completely shut down in the second half. Two sack fumbles on Haynes King, two big turnovers. One of them was in the middle of a pretty good drive that AM had going. He gets sacked, fumbles, Florida goes down, game changes at that point, and then they just could never get the offense going again. It was just tough. Like It showcased what really wound up happening is that in the second half of the game, Florida cranked up the pressure on Haynes King. And if you've paid attention to this show or pretty much any outlet, you know throughout the course of the season that what happens to Haynes King when you put pressure on him is he hesitates, his throws become less accurate, he starts to throw the ball away, or he throws the ball into dangerous, tight scenarios that wind up being interceptions. This time he didn't throw interceptions, but he did hold on to the ball too long a couple of times, took some strip sacks, that were absolute killers for this AM offense against Florida. It was just a situation where they just could not get anything going in the second half. The first half of the game was great. The play calling was really good. They moved the ball, hit a mul- they hit multiple receivers. Evan Stewart was going, Moose Muhammad was going, Max Wright was going in the middle of the field. Devon A-Chain was incredible, as he always is, but they just could not sustain it as they moved into the second half. And they just couldn't deal with what Florida was doing defensively and the pressure that they cranked up in the second half. Haynes King started to get some happy feet, started to actually leave his feet trying to make throws, which he already doesn't have the strongest pure arm as it is. 
And he was just unable to sustain anything once he was under pressure because once he starts leaving his feet, he's just not going to be able to be accurate. He's not going to be able to put zip on the ball. He was very good in the first half, like I said, but by the end of the game, completed 23 of 45, so basically right at 55% of his passes and 279 yards and a touchdown and took those two big strip sacks in the game. Uh, Evan Stewart, unbelievable day, eight catches, 120 yards. Moose Muhammad, seven for 99. Those guys have proven at this point that those are two young, bona fide playmakers that you can depend on week to week. Between the two of them, they had 28 targets. So those two are the passing game for AM right now. And if you have a quarterback that can consistently be accurate and consistently be on time, which we felt like Connor Wigman showed last week against Ole Miss, those guys should be able to continue to produce massive numbers. Max Wright had a really great game or a really good game, five for 59, didn't have a touchdown, but five for 59. And then Devon A. Chain had three catches, only gained one yard on them. That's the nature of his um, of his job as a as a receiver a lot of times he's catching balls behind the line of scrimmage did have a touchdown in those catches we we just know at this point that unless Connor Wingman is playing this A&M offense just is not dynamic enough to score points on a regular basis they're just not going to produce at a high level if they don't have Connor Wingman playing quarterback because they just don't the guy with the ball in his hands just isn't good enough unless it's Wigman. And we've only seen one plus games of Connor Wigman to know whether that's going to be something that holds up or not. Something that we know holds up over time is bet online. It is continually your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at bet online. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find podcasts at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. On defense, it was just a continuation, really, of what happened against Ole Miss. They gave up too many yards on the ground. They didn't give up almost 400 yards. They did give up almost 300 yards, 291 yards rushing for the Gators on the day. Just ridiculous, ridiculous day. They had three guys go for over 80 yards on the day. We talked about these three guys leading up to the game, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson had a 60-yard touchdown run on what was a very simple scheme play. So many, so much of this Florida run game was on essentially what was the same play. It was they would use motion and use sift action from a tight end going the opposite direction and run a zone read run play off of it. And AM could not deal with it. Now, part of it is the number of players that AM was missing the number of true freshmen they were playing who hadn't even who hadn't played a lot of snaps coming into the game, but were asked to play a ton of snaps. And Nye White played a ton, did have a sack in the game. But the attrition that's taken place on this AM defense at this point, between injuries, suspensions, illness, <clears throat> they had another targeting penalty this week. 
it's just become too much for this A&M defense at this point. And the dam is broken, essentially. And the hard thing is that you're going to get a couple of guys back from the illness, hopefully, this next week. Um, hopefully, you get a couple of guys back from injuries. But there's going to be a lot of these guys that don't play the rest of the year with these injuries just because the season's lost at this point. They're not really contending for anything anyway. So there's no big reinforcements coming. It's It might just continue to be this way, and it's going to have to be a game of whether Connor Wigman and the offense can outscore these teams. And based on what we've seen so far, this team struggles to score. I mean, they scored better with Connor Wigman last week, but they still only scored 28 points against Ole Miss. So they still struggle to score points. And when you do that and your defense has given up what this team defense is, we talked last week about the McMosher line, which is a, a phrase that my, my buddies who run the Locked On Cowboys podcast, Marcus Mosher and, and Landon McCool, um, that they have sort of coined that phrase as the line of run defense that is good enough to be okay, even if you're bad. That, that run defense can be bad as long as it is not so bad that the team doesn't even have to worry about passing the ball. And Anthony Richardson th completed 17 of 28 for 201 yards and two touchdowns. So he had a pretty good day throwing the ball. But it wouldn't have mattered. A&M would not have kept up with Florida, even if Anthony Richardson couldn't throw. And the reason why is because of what they did on the ground. And so A&M has to, has to, has to figure out some way to get better against the run. The linebacker play has been up and down this year. The defensive line play has been up and down. There's a lot of young players playing. There's even more young players playing now because of all the attrition that's taken place. But if they want to win these next three games and have a chance to go to a bowl game and build any sort of momentum and have any chance at doing anything postseason-wise or otherwise, they have got to, got to, got to figure out a way to be better against the run. Even if they're still not good against the run, you just can't be one of the worst defenses in college football against the run, which is what they've been over the course of the last couple of weeks. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. That's going to be our show. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. You can find us on YouTube, Locked on Aggies. Leave us a comment. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel, please. It, it really helps us grow, helps more people see this Locked on Aggies channel and get the information that we're trying to get across for you guys. Um, now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, go check out Locked on Sports today for your second listen. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much, guys, and we will see you tomorrow.